I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Race for the Ring, Episode 102, The Hunt, with Hunt Etheridge. You're listening to The Race for the Ring. I am your host, Mindy Barnett. I'm an entrepreneur, motivational author, keynote speaker, television contributor, and a single mom. Since re-entering the dating world after my divorce, I found dating life eye-opening. In the age of Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge, there seems to be more horror stories and humor than happy endings among my friends and social circles. And I want to know why. Each week, we'll chat with a different dating queen or king, socialite or relationship expert, and explore the many facets of dating today, pitfalls to steer clear from, and how to find the finest fish in the sea. Get ready, set, go! Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Race for the Ring. I have an amazing guest for you guys today. He is a award-winning and award-winning international dating and relationship expert. He has 15 years of years of experience helping people become their very best um, and most dateable versions that they possibly can. And I had the great pleasure of meeting him at a really cool social event in New York City and got to talking and said, I absolutely need to have you on my show. You have so much to bring to the table. I know the listeners would benefit from you tremendously. So we're going to get into a little bit about what matchmaking looks like in today's day and age, a little bit about his expertise and how he's helped some of his clients and, um, you know, just counterparts, if you will, kind of navigate things, whether you're, you know, looking to meet people in the daytime versus the nighttime versus the morning, weekends and things like that. The way you go about it is obviously a little bit different in terms of meeting people. A little bit about Hunt. He has been featured in so many places, literally over a hundred different media outlets. His favorites though are Alley Watch, CNN, the New York Times, Playboy, and GQ. And he has started five different dating companies. Um, his most current venture is called the Matchmaking Business Academy, where he educates and mentors matchmakers and dating coaches at all levels of their career. So he's working with matchmakers now because of his high level of expertise in the space. So it's really, really really amazing. He brings so much value to this conversation. And I'm really excited for you all to meet Hunt Etheridge.
Hello, Hunt. How are you? I am good. Excited to be here. It's Friday. It's springtime. The world is hopefully coming alive again. So it's a good time to, to be around. It's a good time to be single, too, in the summer, especially in the city, right? Yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> Plus, I think, you know, after the last two years, people have honed in a little bit on what they want, whether yeah. that's relationship or whether that's, you know, hot back summer. Regardless, people are more focused on going after what it is that they want. That's true. I think people are very clear about what they're willing to accept, what they're not willing to accept and and all that good stuff and cut to the chase, so to speak. So let's talk a little bit about your your backstory. It's really interesting. We met everybody listening at a really fun Bella Magazine party. That was cool. It was like in the afternoon and we share a lot of mutual friends, one specifically Dr. Robbie Ludwig, who is, I always say, my sister from another mister. I had door door her and she is a fan of yours she's a your fan too instantly um anyway so tell us all i guess how did you get into this business of matchmaking and i know you can't probably disclose too many names but you work with a lot of big people if you will right in the um, social circles of new york and beyond okay yes i got i wasn't my choice necessarily to go into this we just had a conference last night our yearly conference and one of the things we just always talk about you know meeting new people is like so how did you get roped into this because like nobody you know at like 12 years old or like maybe one in a million people is like i want to be a matchmaker when i grow up there through varying ways so it's always uh-huh. interesting to hear people's stories. I hope that the next generation may say I would like to grow up and be a matchmaker as, as, as more people are realizing that it exists and it's a good good thing. Um, so I was going to therapy, as we all should, many years mm-hmm. ago, like 18 years ago. And the therapist told me, you know, the men that come in here are broken and I can fix them. But the thing that they want the most is to have a woman by their side and I can't give them that. You know more about this than anybody I've ever met. You need to figure out a way to monetize this. And the minute you do, I'll refer all of my patients to you. Wow. Like, um, okay, you know, having a female psychotherapist kind of give me such three resounding pats on the back. I, I was like, okay, well, and that's basically what started the research. Like, do I know more? Is this something that can be taught? Is it an art? Is it a science? How do you break it down? What do you focus on? Et cetera, Uh et cetera. Um, Then after that, I did that for about on my own for about two years and then joined the firm New York Dating Coach as their head coach and did that in New York City. Really, really liked being with a firm because each person had their own specificity within it. One client would come in and you'd meet with six different coaches to talk about six different things. Also maximizing the ability of, of the client to, to really connect because, you know, some people you connect more with than others and sure. you're guaranteed, you know, to have somebody. And then we could all become like laser focused on what we were coaching and become world class at that. And then we partner all with each other. My particular focus was daytime, basically, like if you're in a line at a coffee shop. Or oh, you know, like, yeah, I was going to ask you, what, what did your, what was your specialty? Like you know, ah. creep, creep man, because it's kind of hard for guys sometimes because we see something and we want it, even with great intentions, we kind of go for it. And yeah. sometimes out at night, like if you're in a bar or something like that, you know, you could conceivably come up to someone and say, oh, hey, yeah, I guess you just it. assume that could potentially happen as less common as that would happen in a coffee line. Huh? I'm like, 
hey. Hey, what's doing? in your Java? Yeah, no, no. We're going to remove some things from that. Um, oh, that's so fun. Wait, so I have I to pause for just yeah. a second. I, this is so unrelated, but you, did anybody ever tell you look like Judd Nelson, like a younger version? No, but I'll take it. This is kind of no. new this year, so. No, it's your uh, face, your nose, and your sh- you're very handsome. Okay, thank so you. Can, you're welcome. All right, so continue on. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, it was. That it was my was, daytime yeah. flirt. Dude. <laughs> just yeah, kidding. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. Um, I'm only kidding. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Anyways, right. um, uh-huh. yeah, enjoyed doing that because also New York City is just wonderful and crazy and wacky and never dull. And so you just see all sorts of things come across your plate. Mm-hmm. And then about 2016, I kind of went out on my own. And since then, I have been, you know, I'm the coach on record for like most of the biggest um, matchmaking firms in the world and in the country, trying to help their clients find love as well. I have my own private clients. I consult online uh, for online dating companies. Uh, I just finished shooting 60 training videos for a new relationship app uh, oh, for the directors awesome. on another uh, website, uh, online dating portal. So you know, I've been around for a while, so I've been lucky enough to got my fingers into, you know, I got probably about 500 published articles out there. So, you know, it's, it's really been fun to immerse myself in this also to see the trends. Like when I started doing this, the only thing that existed was pickup artists. And like, if you were online dating, you were trash, you know, yeah, I remember that when I was single the first time. It was like so, like, ew, if you're online, yeah, like, you're you can't find a person in real life. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, and then seeing just all of those trends and stuff over the years, it's been fascinating. Hmm. Hmm. So, what's the trends now? Like, what are you seeing, like, to be some of the big, obviously online dating, right? Or, or, or not? Like, what do you So, think? you know, it's a, like, kind of like a two part question. It's like, where were we right before? COVID. All of this happened now as well. Mm -hmm. Beforehand, I mean, I think a lot of people feel disillusioned by the online because the the point of online dating to the online daters, Mm -hmm. the the companies, is to get your money. It's not to find you a date. If they found you a date really, really well, you disappear and lose money. If the user experience sucked, you wouldn't join it. So they literally make the user experience middling so that you have a middling experience on it for about three, four months. You go off that one and then you join, say, you know, another, another one. Round. Okay, Cupid, yeah. guess who owns all of them? The same company. So, oh my God, so true. The business practice is just weird. Plus, we don't, you know, as humans, don't know ourselves well. So yeah. if you get only what you ask for and not what you need, it's going to create a lot of confusion, friction, frustration, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, even before COVID, matchmaking, thanks to you know millionaire matchmaker and Indian matchmaking and stuff like that, people have been realizing that it's an option now. And people want are hungering for that human touch again. Yeah. And then post-COVID, our industry has explored during COVID, our, our industry has exploded. Everyone mm-hmm. I knew, I was just inundated with work for obviously for couple of, you know, one, everyone was literally lonely during this time. Mm-hmm. And two, we had time to focus on what was important, what matters. Mm-hmm. A lot of people use this time to work on some self, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that people are really looking to get back to a human touch mm-hmm. somehow, because, you know, 
like the word algorithm, we just want to smash it with a bat because we've just heard it in every media and things like that. And to, to put your love out there to an algorithm mm -hmm. can seem like you're just throwing stuff into a black hole. So Yeah, yeah. So the, they think that people are erring more towards like people like you, like um, matchmaking, like sort yeah. of like what was more in the like know, that. I guess, before these apps became a quote thing, so to yeah, speak. That's cool. Back yeah. then, you know, the average age was like 40s. And now the age is steadily decreasing. And I've got lots of college kids, which I think are is awesome because they've come like, I have a lack in this area. I want to attack it as quickly as possible, fix it and and add it to my life. You know, which is great that people see that this is an option. It's a skill set that can be learned and practiced and 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 expanded on. And mm -hmm. it's not just, uh, you know, you have it or you don't. Right, right, right. So do people like actually like hire you and you like work on finding them their quote match based on, I guess, who you think they would be best suited? Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. And awesome. also like we kind of um, within the matchmaking community, we say is like that a lot of people think that the money that they spend get you know gets them to skip the line that's true it can make it easier to find the person that you're looking for but it does not make it you any better right so right. so gently convincing them that they could use a little bit of polish as could we all is part of the the challenge as well too. Also, like last time, some like yeah, let's hear it. Like who? There wasn't who would computers you work on last that? time okay. my client dated. Mm -hmm. You know, he's divorced now, and like they're literally computers didn't exist the last time he was dating. So it's like mm -hmm. got to get up to speed again on mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the wacky and wild world of dating these days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you give them some tips and coaching and give them like advice about things and things like yeah, that. Okay. Like confidence cool. building conversation, um, mm -hmm. just kind of, and also like dating is a mix of psychology, biology, anthropology, and sociology. So is everything we do. Cause those are kind of the four tenets of humanity, but like then can kind of focus on different aspects of it. So you can understand the motivations of yourself, the motivations of the person sitting across from you, the motivations of the society that you find yourself in the value systems, things like that. So it's like you can kind of peek behind the curtain and get an idea of how the machinations are working. And then you can maximize that to, to your best interests, you know. So cool. All right. Love it. Okay. So let's get into it. The, the show, the meat and potatoes of what the show is. So we're going to unpack suitcases with you. <laughs> and some might be Louis Vuitton and some might be, I don't know, like Chumi or what have you. But so my question, I guess, to start um, on is... When is the best time to just start sharing your dirty laundry with the person that you think is you're going to be hitting it off with? Like, is there a right time? Is there a way to go about it? And things like that. Totally. Um, okay. Yeah, it's it, it's challenging because yeah. we all have baggage. Right. All of us. So, mm -hmm. you know, trying to figure out the right time. It's, you know, it's kind of like that, like, how do we know when we're in a relationship? Like, there, there's definitely no answer to that one because it's it's different for each individual person. Mm -hmm. um, but what I do think is that while I don't necessarily, obviously, depending on what it is that one wants to talk about, if you have, if your ex, you know, is stalking you and you have a restraining order against them, that might be something you want to know on the earlier side because <laughs> it exists and it could affect your life. Right. Um, 
Right. Same thing with like, I'm not calling kids baggage, but you know, if they're, you know, Oh yeah. Like, you should tell that. I, I mean, I tell people that right uh, away before even, like, even talk to them, like, right. Because sometimes people don't want kids or that's a deal breaker yeah. or, you know, or they want their, their kids are grown. They don't want younger kids, like mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I do think that people, um, underestimate how forgiving people are and overestimate the size of their problem, you know, and mm. thinking that I don't want it to like, I had a dude that um, had Crohn's disease. Oh, okay. You know, I, sure. home, I mean, but right. Like, right. But that's still, debil- it, it can be debilitating. I, I yeah. Suffer from a debilitating disease. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, what is this Crohn's disease? Like, oh, okay. Not to take any, but I was like, so when do I, you know, tell girls about this? And it's not necessarily about what it is that you say, but about how you say it. Because okay. if I sit you down, like, let's just be ridiculous and say that I want to tell you that I smoke pot, you know? Okay. If I mm-hmm. sit you down and go, okay, Mindy, I just, I need to talk to you about something and it's really important. So I just want to make sure that we've got some time here. And um, I don't really know how to tell you this, but I smoke weed. You're, just, <laughs> you're making it this huge, heavy yeah, I'd be like, yeah, what? Just, what are you gonna oh, say? Oh my god, I'm gonna die. Okay. He's gonna tell me something really bad, right. and then I'm like, yeah, exactly. okay, what's wrong Whereas, with you? Like, you know, yeah. If, if I said, yeah. you, you're like, what do you like to do during the the weekends? I was like, oh man, if it's a nice day, I like to go out in the garden, maybe like smoke a joint and do some gardening and and make some flowers, and you know, I really love working in the yard, and you know, I learned that from my mom. Like, but boom, I just kind of placed Threw it, it there in there, yeah, and then moved on. So. The person that you're speaking with is going to take the amount of weight that you give it. Mm, so it's that's up good to advice. you how much weight you want to give it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. if you sit there and you're like just dropping bombs, then yeah, it can be like, okay, all right, all right. But if you can find ways of putting things in, in the conversation or the types of questions, then you can get a much better idea of, you know, what's mm-hmm. going on around that you know like i mean i talked about therapy like right i'm obviously an oversharer but good great then the, the person knows that you know there have been things in life and also that one has worked on oneself and hopefully right. better communication skills like, okay not like you know well i was at a shrink you know and i was uh, so you know i, I was that- yeah i was in a sane asylum for a year now it's interesting because for me um to be transparent i have hearing loss and it's like weird because they don't know why i have it and it's like not doing i'm not doing great with it and like whatever i mean it's fine and i'll, I'll deal but i always feel like i need to share that eventually a, because I'm like, pardon me, what, you know, like blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But also, um, just because I want to be the person to know, like I have hearing loss. I mean, but then I'm like, I don't want them to think I'm handicapped. <laughs> like I, it's a stigma. I'm young. Like no, I have it. So it's like a weird thing for me to like, I'm always like on the I, fence about when to say that. Mm-hmm. I understand. Um, also I think that, like I said, people, underestimate how forgiving and trusting people are with each other. Mm-hmm. And that if you share something like that, mm-hmm. chances are that opens the door for them to also share something mm-hmm. about themselves that they mm-hmm. may not have felt comfortable about saying before. Also yeah. show the psychological bond of trust. It shows yeah. that yeah. they matter 
to you in some degree as well too. And plus, so one of the things I teach my clients is turn your weaknesses into strengths. That's from Sun Tzu and the art of war. Mm -hmm. But like I had a guy that had a big mole and he'd go up and talk to girls and then he'd see him like start like looking at the mole and then he'd start getting anxious. Oh, we got like, yeah. Just like spot. So after working together for a while, like he would walk up to girls and say like, excuse me, my mole and I would like to buy you a drink. <laughs> and like, right, exactly. Like it diffuses the situation. That's funny. It, it, it yeah. your, you can poke fun at yourself. Yeah. There's something that you had considered a weakness into a strength that no one else, no one else can say that. You, right. you own that now. Right. So you can think of ways to bring that up in humorous ways if you want yeah. it's kind of like oh I mean, yeah no I, I have fun with my hearing loss it's fine yeah I laugh a lot with it how do yeah. I want to play with this one mm-hmm. um you know you know he says something very nice to you or says something bitchy you know, either mm-hmm. way like I'm sorry I didn't hear that last part I, I suffer from a little bit of hearing loss could you repeat that <laughs> last fucking sentence you said my clients I'm like I'm sorry <laughs> oh that's funny no it's true and I also think too like I guess the way the person reacts um whether using humor or not they it also speaks volumes you can kind of get an idea of what their character is and their empathy exactly, and yeah you know, you one side of this is finding the right person as quickly as possible Right. The other side is identifying the wrong people as quickly mm-hmm. as possible also. Mm-hmm. So you're not spending your bandwidth and love and emotions and time mm-hmm. in a direction that isn't going to be fruitful for you. Yeah, no, 100%. How, any other tips of advice with the unpacking of the bags? Like any, can you have any anecdotes that you might be able to share with people? Um, I mean, I know with a Crohn's yeah, person, I'm, I'm like what, what, like, like okay. I've, I've had people that suffer around like i've had lots of uh autistic clients and thing trying to figure out they you know how do i as an autistic person tell the person that i'm autistic so that they can understand that i'm not necessarily going to get the 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 nonverbal communication that the other person is giving me okay so, sure yeah so you know and that's something that you, you that one like for instance what i coached them to do it on the first one because there's an explanation for behavior where the other person might be like, what is, I don't understand, not necessarily bad, just like, I don't understand what is happening to our interaction right now. The energy feels off. Right. Whereas right. if that person can be like, I'm really enjoying talking to you. Uh, I want you to know I, I, I suffer from Asperger's syndrome a bit. So if, if, I, if I'm a little socially awkward, I apologize. But I, I am enjoying talking to you and enjoying my time. That's fair. I would appreciate someone saying that to me. Yeah, and I would like, not be turned off with that yeah. at all. All right. No. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because then, it, again, it shows that they are cognizant of themselves. They are want you to be aware of it and, and are looking forward to continuing the conversation. But then I have to make like checklists for them, you know, because many times good with uh, consistency and rules and, and, and following things. So like, if a person breaks eye contact with you and turns their face away, that usually signifies that this part of the conversation is over. Do not touch a person unasked for unless they touch you first. Mm. If someone mm-hmm. asks you a question, answer with four short sentences and respond with another question. 
so that you're putting all these things that we sort of take for granted that we learned mm -hmm. in conversations, but putting it sort of into a flow chart so that they can feel more a part of the conversation mm -hmm. than they would of trying to flounder around, trying to figure out the best way of, of doing things as well too. Okay. Um, That's great. Well, um, what about when you share, um, pieces of your suitcase too late? Um, is there like, how do you maneuver that? Like, that, I, it, so, it's, that's okay. tricky. Cause you yeah. may like, for instance, at the beginning, you just may not think it's going to go anywhere and you, you know, kitten fish right. yourself you wait, a little wait. bit, you know, now it's too late. Like, well, Oh my God, how am I going to tell the person? It's exactly. a big thing. It's not like, a little thing. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously the, the first one is it's easier if you don't. I mean, the, the, I am at the same therapist tell, told me that I have boundary issues and that I have none. So I'm a, I'm an oversharer. So am I. But I have learned that like the truth will get you into trouble, but the lies will get you into so much more trouble. Yeah. So, you know, if you can have the wherewithal to face your what your truth brings back to you, it's mm -hmm. just so much easier than trying to figure out who you're lying to or who knows things what. But. That being said, I also understand we may want to keep things. We had an abusive childhood. I want to keep that to myself and not necessarily tell someone or, or you know, I'm divorced because uh, I got married at 18 and divorced at 19. And I just don't want them to know about this right mm -hmm. yet because it was, mm -hmm. I was, just, I was just stupid. And mm -hmm. so usually you have to, I mean, if you are going to make the choice to withhold information, you have to make the choice to own up to your decision. That's basically what the, what the definition of confidence is, is the surety of your own decisions. Hmm. So if you see where this is good, the, the more that you can stand up in front of it and own it and admit it, obviously it's hard, but you're like, I'm, you know, I just have to tell you when we first met, I said that I like sushi because I really wanted to impress you. But every time I chew on it. It makes me want to gag. And I'm really sorry. <laughs> You're funny. Me, but yeah. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll try and find us another favorite restaurant. Um, yeah. Basically, and I am I sorry. Hate your, I hate your cat. Or I'm allergic to your cat. When I go home and yep. I have like a wheezing attack. Um Okay. So I was going to ask you, so, okay. So, so when you're disclosing the information and then you, that's fine. Then you, you have to be honest and authentic and own up to it. Because yeah, it's My, like, you're going to take your hit and then hopefully it's not too bad. Right. And, right. And then, and then, and then hopefully there'll be understanding and appreciative of your honesty. But also I want to just clarify for our listeners, like not sharing is also a lie, right? Like, right. Okay. Yeah. Live, live with uh, omission. Yeah. Right. Yes. Exactly. I think there's so, like a gray area. Some people admit, don't completely understand. Is kind of like the, um, are we monogamous or not? Like, <laughs> unless you've had a conversation about it, do not assume anything. I agree. Um, yeah. You know, but you may be, you may be leading her or him to believe mm -hmm. that you are in a monogamous relationship while mm -hmm. technically not being, you know, not talking about cheating necessarily, just, you know, dating multiple people at the same time and not letting them know that that is what's happening. Yeah. You have I, to have that conversation. Dude, what did you say? You like, I had to eat, I had to eat yes, my own medicine no. one time. Um, so I, I, um, 
prided myself. I called myself, a, a, you know, an, an honest slut while I was single. Like I always wanted to make sure that everyone knew exactly where they stood with me so that there wasn't confusion and I don't like lying. So mm-hmm. I was out on a date with this one girl, um, Rhonda, and walk into the bar. And right there at the bar is Emily, who I am also dating. Oh, my God. Um, uh, that's a good story. Of <gasps> panic where it's like, what do I do now? Uh, and I said to myself, like, do both of these women know that I'm dating other people? Yes, they do. Am I doing anything wrong? No, I am not. If I turn around now and run out the door, what is it going to say about my decisions? It's going to say that I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Right, right. So I just sucked it up and like, if this is the way that I choose to live my life, I need to face the repercussions of how this is you're so strong i, I would have ran Emily, out the door <laughs> and uh i introduced her to Rhonda. oh my god and the two of them hit it off and the three of us hung out all night and oh my god. went back to my apartment i think oh my god was, i think if we had a bigger bed something different would have happened but i just had a single bed at this point and i couldn't choose you know because Crazy or all he had a menage a trois? So, uh, we, I think if I had a bigger bed, we definitely would have. But I was like, basically at the end of the night, like I'm like, okay, girls, I'm going to go upstairs now. Figure out who is coming up and who's crashing on the couch, I guess. And, and so, so like, the girl Rhonda, that I was out on the date with that night was the one that came up to my bed. And then in the morning, we all had pancakes. So are you kidding? That's really crazy story. I think it was just also that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of guys sometimes were like, why does he get so many girls? And the girls were like, cause he's honest. Yeah. You know, and I think that, you know, just there is a respect to at least like, uh, okay, I'm going to own this. You know, I have, I have enough confidence you know trust in that's my good of you though you could have just said hi and walk past her that, right or that, and that would have been a dick move because yeah, it would have been yeah her. and then she so. would have never talked to you so wait so after so let me ask you some questions so a go back to the beginning the bar was it in the area where you lived like did yeah, you yeah. like I was, yep, it was so in you a, knew was there a was a bar. chance she could have been there or was like no. There, yeah, I, I, like the, I lived in a town called Hoboken, New Jersey in my 20s, and it's 14 blocks by 14 blocks. Yeah. So there's l- only so many places to go and be. So right, you're going right. to run into people. Right, often. So right, right. Okay. It was, not, okay. It, was, it, was, it was, yeah, it was not, like I didn't know, like it wasn't like I knew that that was her bar or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. No, I get it, I get it. Okay, and then after that, evening and breakfast what happened did you like did you date them both like a little bit um just kind of casually and then stopped dating both of them but still like hung out like in the same like friend group emily <laughs> um I, she was a wonderful girl southern girl beautiful um maybe a little naive on the way that new york city dating was when uh, she came up and I like was one of the first people that she met and I, she fell a little hard. Uh, and so like, you even broke her hard. trying to be as open and honest and forthright as I could be, we can't yeah. help how we feel, you know? Right. And oh, sure. Yeah. Everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to kind of like 
Like she wanted more, le- and you sense that because yeah. it's unfair to her. Like mm-hmm. I would sneeze sometimes, and my friends would be like, she'd look over at you and be like, <sighs> like, okay, all right, that's not, this isn't fair to her. Um, that so, was good of you too. You sound like a really nice guy. Well, I mean, for <laughs> I mean me, at least on the show. I'm just the kidding. Fun <laughs> of being with someone is because they want to be with you. You know, yeah, and if you're yeah. lying or not being yourself, then they're with this weird facsimile of you and not you. Um, right, and so right. Try to keep everybody, keep it 100. Yeah, no, 100%. All right. So we are getting to be out of time. So as we wrap up, I just wanted to hear what advice do you have for our dating um, listeners out there on the race for the ring as we sort of like figure things yeah. out, like in this like weird climate still. And, but we get into the summer months where people are more out and about and looking for love and things like that. A, be your authentic self, right? I mean, yeah. as best as you can be. Um, but, you know, the quickest tip, the easiest thing to, to adjust how that goes is let me use Einstein's definition of insanity for a moment. When we go out on dates, we ask each other a set of logical questions expecting emotional results. And that doesn't jive when you kind of like, what do you do? Where are you from? Do you have siblings? What, you know, what do, you, do you have a car? Just mm-hmm. a series. It's like the bullet points. It's, you're not going to set the stage for chemistry to find you that way. Okay. Instead, every question that you can ask logically can be asked emotionally. Instead of saying, where did you go to school? You could say, what was the best party you went to in school? Uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. So I went to the University of Michigan and they play Ohio State and there was this party. Now it's a positive emotional question. It gets them excited to talk about that. It sets the stage for chemistry to come in. Instead mm-hmm. of saying, what do you do? When was the last time your boss praised you? What was your best moment of Q1? What's your proudest moment at work? Um, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, instead of saying, where are you from? Like, what's your area known for? What's one of your favorite memories from childhood? If you want to ask mm-hmm. them if they have family, like what were holidays like for you as a kid? You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Who, who do you talk to on the phone the most? And these bring up positive, positive emotions because mm-hmm. in order to answer the question, they have to think of a happy time. If they think of a happy time, their emotions are linked to it. So they start to feel happy. And then even more important, the feelings of happiness in you start to intertwine so much that you make them feel happy when they're around you, that they want to be around you in order to feel happy, which is what we do with our friends and family as it is. We're around people that make us smile, make us feel good about ourselves. And in turn, we try to do the same for others. And so I ask my clients all the time, like, have you had wonderful and amazing things happen to you in your life? And they say, yeah. Say, like, does anybody ever ask you about them? No. Like, right. So <laughs> not just the person sitting across from you, but most likely everybody in the room feels mm-hmm. that same way also. Give that other person the opportunity to access those positive emotions. Because mm-hmm. as that old saying, like people will forget what you said, but they'll never forget the way you made them feel. So if you can make this person feel so good when they're around you, that's it. That's chemistry. That's chemistry right there. So, you know, find like, you know, I also find funny, funny questions. And this is also a human thing. If I'm waiting for my wife at a bar, now I talk to the guy next to me like, Oh, you see that game? Like what's the most amazing sports thing you've ever seen live? Like, Oh man, there was a time I saw Kobe and Jordan play together. It was amazing. Yeah. Your coworker, instead of saying at the water cooler, instead of saying, Hey Bruce, how was your weekend? Hey Bruce, (laughs) what was your favorite part of this past weekend? Oh, yeah. To go out. And it's amazing how quickly that that can transform conversations. 
That's so. great. That's really good advice. That's good to implement, uh, implement to you in your life, like on a day to day with people, yeah. right? Yeah. Just to interact exactly. and have more pleasurable dialogue instead of the same old, how are you? I'm fine. And that's that's yeah. one of the things that blows yeah. my mind is that the sociologically speaking, we have a society of deemed the dating interview where you're squared off physically looking at somebody across so the table. Yeah. Of, you know, furniture yeah. is the perfect way to date. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so boring. I know. Says, it's I can like a resume. A man in an hour of play than in a lifetime of conversation. So I love activity yeah. dates. Get out, see how they interact with the world. How do they interact with the service people, especially? Mm-hmm. You know, how do they how do they react to competition, collaboration, losing, winning? You know, those are the things that are more important because you sit down and you look at that person. They've got their dating facet with their mm-hmm. little notebook of of stock answers and questions to give. You got to shake it out of that rut a bit and 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 move it somewhere different because then mm-hmm. then you'll stand out it'll be unexpected you're creating emotion you're setting stage for chemistry to find you and you're building data you know every question oh people like this story i should mm-hmm. tell this story more often or mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. things like that so and then they'll be inclined to ask you similar questions so you actually have like a more pleasurable conversation with exactly. like exactly most people like- want want out of the rut they just don't know how to go about doing it necessarily yeah. Well, now we do. Thank you. <laughs> all right. So tell everybody where we can find you if we want to work with you, like all that good stuff. Sure. You go to my website, huntforadvice.com. You can also find me on Instagram at quest for advice. I'm weaning myself off Facebook, so I'm not even going to give that one anymore. Same. Um, you can find me on Clubhouse or Google me. I'm, 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 I'm around. Lots of lots of advice. I'm easy to find. Um, I've doxed myself everywhere online, so you can just come find me and hang out. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Bye. Thank you for listening to the race for the ring. If you liked today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast. Just like a dull dude can be the kiss of death to a date. I'll catch you next week. And in the meantime, be sure to say hi and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. My handles and contacts are in the show notes. It's been my pleasure to have you along for today's dating debate. Bye-bye.